MNK Talk YA now presents Legendary Part 1 from the Caraval Trilogy by Stephanie Garber. Talk by A. I'm Katie. <laughs> I almost said I'm Marissa. <laughs> I'm not Katie Bradford. <laughs> I'm Katie Bradford. I'm Marissa Snyder. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And this week we started the second book of the Caraval series called Legendary. And we read up to Night Three of Caraval, which is by Stephanie Garber. I'm <laughs> kind of a mess of way to say that. We got all the important but bits in though. <laughs> you can decipher it. It's like a game, if you will, yeah. <laughs> to figure out what I just said. And at the end you get one wish <laughs> and it's for us to be better podcasters. <laughs> Hopefully your wish comes true. Uh, oh. We're also recording in person today, which is different and awesome. It's um, our third one in person? Yeah. I'm going to move this microphone a little bit closer. <laughs> Back in Chicago. We're back in Chicago, where it all started, and it's it might be a strange session because we're not used to recording in person. So, and because Marissa made my favorite treat in the world today, banana cookies. Mmm. Which should we take one right now? Yeah, maybe we should. I'm gonna take this. They're actually like small one. The best thing I've ever eaten, and I know they're a lot of work, so I appreciate it. It's like a labor of love. But Lauren helped me. Oh, awesome! Tell her thank you. But my mom, when we were little, used to make us something she called banana cookies, but was really just a banana sliced up into slices that were kind of cookie-shaped. Did you smash them down? No. It was literally just sliced, a sliced banana. And we called them banana cookies growing up. So the first time you offered me banana cookies, I was kind of like, I'm not falling for this again. (laughs) Exactly. We also had blueberry candy, which was just frozen blueberries. (laughs) Well, my um, cousins growing up, my aunt told them that M&M's were just decorations because they had like a bowl of M&M's in their (laughs) living room and they wouldn't let their kids eat them and they just said they were decorations and they believe them because kids will believe anything they really will Mm, these are really good they're so good (laughs) who made them (laughs) I like don't want to share with Marissa but I guess I I made all of them for you I know and yet you're eating them (laughs) 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 and yet you've had like five so The first time I was introduced to them, we were baking for work. We used to work together. There was like some event at work. I don't even remember. Food day. Food day. Which is as awesome as it sounds. Everyone (laughs) brings in food one day a month or whatever. And we made a ton of them. And I just kept eating them because they were so good. And Marissa smartly hid a bunch from me so that she could bring them to work the next day. But I didn't see her hide them. And I looked down and I thought I had eaten all of them. I had this moment of terror where I was like, I have been eating these nonstop and there are no more cookies left. And I was like, no, I just hid them from you. (laughs) Anyways, enough about banana cookies. On to... On to legendary. Legendary. So you were right. And I was wrong. There is another caraval. That was our question. We were like, oh, mm-hmm. is there going to be another game? Is it going to be completely different? And there is another game. And it is completely different. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both right. <laughs> we both win. But this game is being played by Tella, which mm-hmm. is different because last, the last book was mostly about Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it's a different main character. I'm actually really curious because we know there's a third book. It's not even 
out yet or it comes out. It'll be out by the time this airs, I guess. But I'm curious to see if it goes back to Scarlett's point of view, if it's a new third character's point of view, or if it alternates. I hope it's Julian. But that would be interesting because Julian isn't a huge character yet in this book. Or, you know, I mean, like, it would be kind of... Maybe it'll be the mom if we do get reunited with the mom. Paloma slash not Paloma. Yeah. Whatever her name is. (laughs) What's her face? (laughs) (laughs) Who's trapped in the deck of cards. Oh, we should talk about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it opens with Tella as a child finding an enchanted set of playing cards. And... Right before her mom disappeared. Which we knew about from the first book, but we didn't know a lot of details about. And their fates... They're um, like different people are in these cards and they're based on a story, which is actually kind of cool. There's a story where um, a witch stole power from the fates and banished them and like trapped them in a deck of cards or something like that. They used to rule the world as gods and now they're trapped, I guess. And so this, there's like this legend about the fates and... And legend. Right. <laughs> so the other, the supposedly the same witch is the one who was part of the other story where Legend got his powers and whatnot. She was the one who granted him his powers. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be some kind of balance thing going on where if the fates are free, Legend's in danger, but, or something, right? Yeah. So they said, um, the witch who banished the fates also gave Legend his power. Um, and they said, if the fates ever come back, they will try to go after Legend to reclaim their missing power. So basically his magic is some of their magic or something. Right, right, okay. right. Okay. Um, and the fates are like pretty cool too. There's, I like that she came up with so many different characters. It reminded me of tarot cards a little bit. Totally, yeah. But yeah, so we, uh, the only one I can remember right now is the, wait, what's the name of the one that she has? The one that's like a mirror? Oh, oh, the Oracle. It shows the future. Yeah, yeah that, that one's, one's cool. That one's really cool. And then the uh, Prince Maiden. of Hearts. Oh, yeah, the Prince of Hearts. Who we've supposedly met. met. Or it's another car. This is what is I love and hate about this game where it's like, what is real? What isn't real? And now they're playing even more mind games with us because they didn't even tell us it's not real this time. They told us it was real this time. And it's like, ugh. Yeah, so we think that this Prince of Hearts is... The heir Jax. to the throne mm-hmm. slash Jax. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is also, so we know Dante's a player. We've known that for a while. Dante and Tella had a little tryst at the end of the last game that neither one of them wanted to go any further, but they keep kind of running into each other mm-hmm. and there's some attraction there. But again, we don't know if he's playing a role or if he really cares about her like Julian really cared about Scarlett. And she needed a place to stay and he was the one who suggested... That she was engaged to the heir. Oh, right, right. So part of me is like, was that just, like, that seems like a really random thing to suggest. Well, he was trying to get her into the party. Yeah, but still, engaged to the heir, who we know is a murderer, and, like, all this stuff. Like, part of me is a little bit suspicious of that. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so basically, Jax, the heir, finds out and wants to play along. And he also is the same person who left the card in her hand at the end of the last book right so she's he's and what did that say he's the friend that she's been communicating with who again knows where her mother is and they have some kind of agreement and he's trying to collect but he used to just want legend's name his true name Mm -hmm. now he wants legend himself which he can get if she wins the game 
So we do, th- do we think he's really the Prince of Hearts and he's actually a fate and the fates are coming back and that's the reason he wants Legend so that he can get his power back? Because they do say at the beginning of this mm-hmm. game, like, the next five nights are real. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing was Caravel's not real, but they want you to get carried away. But this time they're like, actually, everything that's going to happen here is real. So it's like, can we believe them? Can we not believe them? Part of me thinks it's too obvious or something. Yeah. Like, they want us to think that. So I'm like, there's got... Or even if that's true, there's got to be another layer to it. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been kind of thinking about in the back of my head is, what's the deal between Legend and the Empress? Because Legend has come back mm-hmm. for this celebration of the Empress's life, but he hasn't been back to the capital since he won the original... Since he did the first one where he put on a show for her birthday at the very yep. beginning of all of this. And it seems like there's been some animosity, but then her heir is supposedly one of the fates. So I'm kind of like, where does she fit into all of this? And I think that's kind of the missing link for me that is either going to... Maybe it'll be true, but with a twist, or maybe it'll be something completely different. But I think... I'm very curious to see her role a little bit more. Do we think that she is the witch who banished the fates? At this point, I don't. Okay. But I don't have a good reason for that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just very curious who this witch is. Yeah, I agree. And I'm curious how this family relates to this whole thing. Like, why is their mom stuck in the cards? How is she related to the fates? Or is she related to the fates? Is she just brought into the... Yeah, because her know. mom right now, when she looked at the oracle card, it showed her mom like in prison somewhere, right? Yeah. And then it keeps showing her different futures. Um, Currently, where her mom is dead. Right. Oh no, it's been switching back and forth this last time, right? Yeah. Between dead and hugging them or something. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so like, it's like if she she thinks it's if she wins or not. Yeah, and 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 I'm still kind of confused about the game, to be completely honest. Okay. okay so let's go back. Even last season episode book. Whatever, whatever these things are called. Um, you know, there's like all these clues, but I don't really get that. It doesn't really seem to me like one really leads to the other mm-hmm. and that there's like an end thing that you like. Part of me is like, how, how does one person win? Because it seems like a lot of people are going like, I don't really yeah. get the other it. It seems aren't. so personal to our, the characters we're following. Mm hmm. But everyone's following these clues. I'm kind of like, what happened to all of them? I have are there a deep theory. Clues? Okay. What if they're all players? What if there are no other play, uh, no other contestants? But then what's the point of that? Then I have even more questions. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, not in a bad way, but that's really interesting. So then it gets back to why are these girls so important? Mm-hmm. What is their connection to everything? And also, I think it's interesting what you said about the clues because I forget who says it. I think it's maybe Julian. And he says something like, remember your sister didn't win Caravel by following the clues. She won Caravel by being willing to give up. Risking everything or something. Yeah, everything mm-hmm. she cared about. So I think that's something to keep in mind. And I'm still kind of curious about the players because in some ways it seems like they've got this kind of good gig and they can come back from the dead and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it also seems like there's a lot of restrictions too. Sure. Like they can't share certain information and... Julian had to pretend like he didn't even know her, know Tella, whenever Mm -hmm. they met. And that was, like, really jarring for her. Mm -hmm. And even, like, the secrets kept between him and Scarlet, and Scarlet's not even playing. And just, I'm kind of curious, Julian's relationship with Legend and how the, just kind of how, I want to see, like, the next level up of all of this stuff. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the Empress is somehow involved. I totally agree. Um, And I'm also very nervous for Tella because 
we forgot to mention that the Prince of Hearts oh, yeah. represents <laughs> unrequited love. Mm-hmm. And there's also a legend about him where... His know, kiss is to die it. for. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He, his kiss is fatal. And it says that his heart stopped beating long ago and only his one true love can make it start beating again. But his kiss is fatal to everyone except his one true love. And so we have that scene where he kisses Tella mm-hmm. and she can like kind of feel like her heart starts beating slower and she's been bleeding randomly yeah. and yeah. And he was like, you have to win the game or my kiss will kill you essentially. Which is also interesting because that seems different than a curse. That seems, yeah. I mean, like if he cannot, how does he have the option to not kill her? Or is it like some, whatever he's going to do when he wins the game breaks? I'm wondering if it's also psychosomatic. Like, yeah. Like she just, someone told her like, oh, my kiss is going to kill you. So she feels. Or even, yeah. Even like, again, if it's, if he is a player and this is part of the game and it's part of the story, obviously I feel like legend has the ability to, maybe she's not even bleeding. Maybe it just looks like blood mm-hmm. or maybe like you said, she's, you know, even when I like pay too much, you know, how you like forget to breathe if you try really hard to like <laughs> yeah. breathe a certain way or something. Like, I mean, it could be something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like part of me doesn't want to buy the first suggestion that's given to us which is why yes. i'm like at this point we're wary of everything yeah the fact that tella <laughs> believes he's the prince i'm like he's not <laughs> it can't be she's wrong <laughs> um we also learned that um scarlet's fiance was fake armando oh yeah I no her fiance, her fiance she hasn't yeah. met yes i yes. mean like she hasn't actually he's met not a fiance. fake fiance but the guy that we met was not him just a player. And Scarlett's pretty upset about Just that. Just a player. <laughs> <laughs> that was unintentional. <laughs> That's our dad joke. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we get two today. Um, yeah, and Julian knew he was a player and still didn't tell her. And I think, I don't know if we actually know that she's feeling this way or Tella just predicted it, but she might be struggling still with some of that loyalty to the guy who wrote her the letters that she was mm-hmm. willing to marry. Like, yeah. it's one thing when that guy shows up and turns out to be a bad person. It's another if that guy... If she kind of bailed on her side of the promise. So I wonder if the real one will show up at some point. That's a really good question. Because right now, I right now I really want Scarlett to end up with Julian. And I really want Tella to end up with Dante. And I want the Prince of Hearts to never escape from his cards again. Because I don't like him. Yeah. But if the Prince of Hearts really was Tella's friend who she's been writing to, there has to be a reason why he... And if he and if he's the one who's imprisoned her mom and her mom went missing seven years ago before any of this even started, that's where I'm like, try, I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's because he. And I'm like, no, that has nothing to do. Her mom disappeared a long time. I don't know. Yeah, but her mom's trapped in the cards like all the other fates, which yeah. is so weird. And she had this like ex- especially enchanted deck of fate cards or whatever they're called mm-hmm. that Tella's never seen anything like it before. So and didn't why she was pick? she so special? And why were they on this random island in the middle of nowhere? And why was her, whose mom was the one who Legend first fell in love with? Is this all related to the Empress and the grandma and mm-hmm. the and why their father didn't want them to leave the island? Yeah. What if her? What if the dad's still a good guy? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> but doesn't she pick up Maiden Death too? Isn't that oh, one of the yeah. cards she picks up at and the she, beginning, too? And she picked up four the second time around. What oh, were the four yeah. that she picked up when she was in the tent? Oh, I wrote it down. <laughs> <For the first. laughs> um, she, she flipped over the maiden's death. Which means someone disappears or dies. And last time it was her mom. Right. I love how the author like came up with all these different meetings for the fates. Um, so she picked up that one. She picked up... Because oh, this is when she went to the temple. The temple of legends. Oh, the Prince of Hearts. Duh. She, of course, picks that one. 
the maiden death, the shattered crown, which is an impossible choice between two equally different paths, and the lady prisoner. So that's the one that can promise love, but usually it means sacrifice because okay. she was innocent and let herself be caged in place of someone she loves. I love all the legends around it. It's interesting, though, too. I was kind of thinking about it. The world building is kind of cool because really the world we've seen built is inside this game where mm-hmm. again we're not sure what's real what's not what's part of the game what's really part of this town even versus we don't really know like what outside of the game this empire is like or Mm-mm. you know I, and that's kind of an interesting dynamic to yeah. have in the story and i'm curious if the third book is another game mm. or if we're like out in the real world or of course we don't even know how this book ends yet but i bet it's another game because the third book's called finale so that makes me think that it's like the third act but even also, what is the prize of this second game? Is it just rescue your mother? That's her motivation. That's okay. um, Tella's motivation is to save her mom, I think. Okay. And her own life. And, yeah. <laughs> and Which helps Scarlet because she doesn't want to bail on her sister. And find who Legend is. Which is just a means to an end. I don't think she cares. She cares about finding yeah, Legend in order to do those other things, I right. think. But Legend is going to be trying to destroy the fates, Right. Again, if we are to believe what we're told, <laughs> which I don't know. Because he wants, he benefits from destroying the fates altogether because then they'll never be able to reclaim his power. Which again goes back to this whole thing. If, if Legend knows that the Prince of Hearts is really there, like I just, I don't even get how Legend's proposed this game, how the game helps, <laughs> you know, like I just, I feel like there's like a missing key here and I'm sure it's related to the Empress and I'm sure I'm not sure I think it's related to the Empress and I'm sure we're gonna uncover it soon but I'm just trying to jump ahead and figure it out were you surprised that Tella and Scarlet agreed to play Caravel again not so much Tella because we knew she had motivations but I was a little surprised when Scarlet was like yeah sure I'll play with you again I was like after everything that happened you want to do this all over again yeah I think it's interesting because I feel like in some ways, now that she's been through it, though, especially because she's not doing, she doesn't know the stakes that Tella's involved in. She wasn't even there to hear the reading that this one's real and all mm-hmm. this stuff. I think she might kind of be like, it was bad, but I think she's pretty happy with where she is now. She's reunited with yeah. her sister. Her dad's gone. She's in love. She wants to enjoy her freedom. Yeah. And I think she might be like, I mean, she's been warning her sister to like, you know, to be careful about stuff, but I don't think she, I think she's just kind of put it aside that it's like even the people who died and the stuff she saw like wasn't real like mm-hmm. kind of I mean it was scary in the moment but like looking back on it she's probably like it's easy it to be like adventure. that wasn't that bad I yeah. just look at all the great things you know it's easy to focus on the positive but I don't know and you know she knows so many of the players now she spent she didn't lose two days sleeping on the boat she was just hanging out with That's people true. And, you know oh my god I forgot that that happened to Tella which would also be interesting what if when she was asleep to your point, maybe Scarlet isn't, instead of, maybe the reason she's not suspicious is because kind of like Tella tricked her. Maybe mm-hmm. she's gotten roped into something bigger too. And she's kind of tricking Tella a little yeah. bit. Why did she lose that again? Why did she fall asleep again? She made a deal with Nigel, the fortune teller. Oh, right. And she was trying to get information about Legend's true identity. And that's where we got some of this, the fate legend that we were talking about, I think. And Is that when she has, she had found the luckless coin? That was before. The luckless coin was in the letter from her friend, who we now know oh, as Jax. Okay. okay. Um, with Nigel, she was just asking, like, who is Legend? I think that's where we got some of the some of the story about how Legend and the Fates are connected. Wasn't that when he was like, I'll give you 
I'll take from you what's worth. Yeah, basically he was exchanging information for rest. Right, that's what he wanted. He was like, Legend usually gives us time to prepare between games, and this time we only have a few weeks, so I want your rest. Oh, this is where she learned that um, in order to get, if she won the game, that she would meet Legend face-to-face, and that's how she'd get the information Mm -hmm. that she needed. Mm -hmm. And she also learned that... Winning the game will come at a cost you will later regret. That's what she was told. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, gosh, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I wonder what this cost is going to be. And he, he also told them, which I think we kind of already knew, but Legend's magic prevents his true name from being spoken or revealed, which is why no one can actually tell her what it is. His magic is okay. ancient, older than he is, and it binds us all to secrecy. Yikes. And he was the one who said that the same witch was the one who banished the fates as the one who gave him his power. So he basically gave us some information, but Mm -hmm. so it was good, but it wasn't quite actionable. And she felt gypped, obviously, because she didn't understand the deal they made. (laughs) And as soon as she left the room, she basically fell asleep for the rest of the journey. (laughs) Which, I don't know, maybe it was a crappy journey and he actually did her a favor. I I mean, I could think of worse things, but then does she wake up two days later and doesn't feel rested because he got all of her rest? Probably. Because that kind of does. And since Carnival's played at night, she probably just had to go right into it. Um, Did you do any research this week? I did a little bit. So one of the scenes that we saw when uh, Tella's trying to follow the first clue, or right before she follows the first clue, her fiancé leaves her a note to go, like, get a new outfit, which I love the description of the different clothes and stuff. Oh, yes, me too. But, um, and then Dante, like, edits the note and meets her an hour early. But she goes to Minerva's Modern Wear, (laughs) and it's this shop where they have all these nice clothes, but they they, like, all hide uh, weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there are like um, I love that. sleeves that you can hide a dagger in or something and poison and cufflinks and kind of all this stuff. And so I was kind of looking up different ways people conceal weapons. Mm, I love that. And how you can identify a concealed weapon and stuff. So I did kind of a, a few different pieces of research related to that. One mm-hmm. that I thought was really interesting was there's kind of been this movement in the last, between I think it was 2005 and 2015, the number of women who carry concealed weapons has like grown a lot. I think in general, the amount of people who have concealed weapons has grown. This but is they're, modern. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to talk about like in the olden days. <laughs> that would also be good to know, but I did not okay. research that as much. But so yeah, gun ownership among women rose from 13% to 23% between 2005 and 2015. But a lot of gun concealing clothing or just things that are designed to even just hold a gun are geared more towards men. And if anything, they have something kind of smaller and pink. Or what did they say? They said shrink it and pink it is kind of like the go-to that most people use to make like their female version. Oh, man. And so there's been some of these new businesses that are really trying to design clothing for women that like works with their different body shape as well Mm -hmm. and their some of their it's not all about like fashion as much as it is comfort for women's bodies versus men's bodies and I just thought it was kind of interesting I had never thought about like especially if you're like undercover or like you're you know in law enforcement or something like that where you need to have a weapon on you but need it to go undetected yeah so there's like kind of some cool like just things that they have about I mean just different outfits and like layers and and whatnot for women now which I thought was kind of cool but um I was looking up how can you tell if someone else is carrying a concealed weapon? Mm. And it's specifically like what do Secret Service and things like that, what kind of things do they know to look for? So one of the first things that they're told to do is figure out if someone's right-handed or left-handed because that'll 
usually indicate where they're keeping their weapon because the whole point of having a concealed weapon is that you can draw it and use it easily. So if you're right-handed or left-handed, you'd put it in a different spot on your body. And that helps you focus on where to look for where they are. So there, there are all these like clues about, you know, look at where what hand they wear a watch on or mm. how they even light a cigarette or reach for things at a store or something can help indicate what if they're right-handed or left-handed. But obviously, if you're not sure, you should guess that they're right-handed because it's the more dominant hand for people to be handedness to be I don't whatever <laughs> the proper right. <laughs> grammatical way to pronounce that is so the other thing they said is just to kind of to look for abnormal body movements so usually if you're carrying a gun especially if it's not in a holster consciously or subconsciously you'll adjust your body to kind of keep it in place or keep it like balance out the weight and keep it from moving around and things like that. So if you see someone where their arm is really stiff at their side or their elbow is kind of really secure and not moving, because usually when you're walking, your arms and stuff move a little bit. And that's usually a sign that they have a gun mm. hidden. Um, they also said to look out for people who kind of have strange fashion choices hmm. in places. So if, if it's abnormal for someone to be wearing loose and baggy clothing and someone's wearing loose yeah. and baggy clothing, it can help them conceal a weapon. Or if it's like 90 degrees and they're wearing a... Yeah, if it's coat. summer and they yeah. have a heavy jacket on or something, that's not good. And even they said, usually firearms are heavy. So even if someone, um, like their jacket is, if someone has it like in their pocket, that side of their jacket mm. will be hanging lower and things like that. So those are just kind of some little things you can look for. But then I did, I did look, I tried to look at medieval weapon concealment. Yeah. And I like poison found, rings and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I didn't really do enough on that. So I was reading a little bit. So stiletto heels were like really popular in the 1950s and 1960s, which is great to know. But I like skimmed this article and it was talking about the stiletto knife mm-hmm. was one of the most popular weapons to kill wounded knights. Whoa. And I misread the article because I was skimming it and I thought they were talking about stiletto heels and I was like fascinated so I I like was doing all this stuff and then I realized like partway through I'm like wait they're not saying heel they're saying knife and I was like do they have knives in their heel so then I still was thinking they were just hiding knives in their heels but it's just a different I think they're somehow related just in the way the shape is, but it's, it's is just that what it looks like? a knife. That's one of them, yeah. They're like... Um, yeah, the heels kind are of, designed after the knives. Yeah. But that'd be so, really hilarious if like a knight on the yeah. battlefield just put out well, like a I Jimmy Choo I was just imagining like, you know, someone just walking through at the end of a battle and like high... Like, I don't know. Just I was just imagining kind of silly things. So I got really excited about telling you about how people kill people with heels, but that's not... Proved to be incorrect. what happened. And so then I was just looking, uh, I'm reading another book right now called The Alice Network, and part of it is about this group of spies in World War I and different ways they'd hide messages and stuff. And so I was kind of looking up, I was like, well, spies must have weapons in weird places Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I was reading a little bit Mm -hmm. about different, like, guns and stuff that people have. So there's the Bulgarian government, supposedly, with help from the KGB, developed an umbrella rifle. Whoa. Like a so rifle it's concealed used, in an umbrella? Yeah, like at the bottom of an Whoa. umbrella. So it looks like an umbrella, but it has a rifle in it. Um, there's also this thing called the glove pistol, which looks really weird, but it, it was developed by the U.S. Navy, and it just has one bullet in it, and the way it fires is when it's like impacted. So the idea is like you could like punch someone and shoot them at the same Whoa. time, which is kind of crazy. Um, and you get one chance. Yeah, but look, at, isn't that kind of weird? Oh my goodness, that's so interesting. So I guess like when that pushes in, the bullet goes out. But the idea is <gasps> like 
the impact yeah. is what makes it. Um, then I read about the CIA that did this gun to give someone a heart attack that shoots a dart of frozen toxins at someone. So when it hits them, the dart melts, the toxin goes into their heart, and there's no trace of it left, and it looks like they had a heart attack, which is oh, just crazy to think about. Oh, my goodness. And again, I don't actually... This website is not super like a <laughs> reputable one that I usually use, so this all could be BS uh, from <laughs> movies, for all I know. But it was kind of interesting to think about. I love that idea of, like... Like, that's such an assassin... Th- like, um, I'm watching Killing Eve right now, which Oh, I haven't started I it love. yet, but I've heard good things. But that's totally something that Villanelle would use, like... a a gun that like shoots you and it like erases all trace of it i know it's itself. so cool to think about and also really creepy because so it's creepy. like who do i know is had a heart attack were the cia after them yeah <laughs> what did they know that they needed to be I erased know, from right? the world so yeah basically there's a lot of reasons some ways people can conceal weapons or messages and clothing and common objects if they so chose or common objects can be weapons like stiletto heels yes Ladies, if you unfortunately are ever in a situation where you need to do that and you have your heels on, think about those wounded knights. <laughs> you and got stabbed. stabbed someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did something a little bit different. My research um, was inspired by that scene when Julian saw Tella during the game and had to pretend like he didn't know her. Okay, yep. And I thought it was really interesting, like how all the players have to follow very strict rules and have to conduct themselves a certain way in the game. You should absolutely take an out I'm eating more cookies while you talk. <laughs> Your face was like, I'm going to do this right now. Um, so then I was trying to think of places where actors have to maintain a certain kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, where's the place where those rules are most strictly enforced? And of course, I thought of my least favorite place on Earth. Where? Wait. Disney World. <laughs> Wait, Disney World's your least favorite person? Disney World. How did I, I not know this? No. This is like my hugely unpopular opinion where I don't like Disney World. Oh my goodness. I'm reconsidering our entire friendship <laughs> right now. I'm, I've only been once and I was, I think it was like in 1990 or something like that. So I don't remember it very well, but... Um, but it had an impact. I just was like Disney World. <laughs> um, so I researched like all of the rules that Disney World employees have to follow and some of them are super bizarre. I think I have heard, like, especially the, yeah, like the princesses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me some. Um, so one of the biggest rules is if you are a cast member, first of all, they're called cast members. They're not mm. called employees. They're called cast members and visitors are called guests. And if you're a cast member, you're either on stage or you're off stage. Okay. And one of the biggest rules is, um, you know, obviously they have more than one Mickey Mouse, more than one Belle. Um, but what? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Sorry for ruining everyone's magical illusion. But a big rule is you cannot have two of the same cast members appear at the same time because that would destroy the illusion. Mm-hmm. So they have underground tunnels that the cast members have to travel through that are underneath Disney World, and that's how they go from place to place. So there's like a huge network of roads hidden underneath the Magic Kingdom. I'm imagining like a sewer, but I'm guessing it's, it's a little pretty. bit nicer. No, it's oh, not. Really? It's horrible. It, I looked at pictures, and it, it, it is like a sewer. Oh. Um, so, is that also why... Don't they have some like really strict rules on like height and weight and stuff? Yeah. Because, in part because you're having multiple people play the same role, so if you your body shape changed too much, it would ruin the illusion or whatever? Yeah, so if you want to play um, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse is often played by girls, hmm. and you have to be between 4'8 and 5'2 to play Mickey Mouse. Okay. So I could totally play Mickey Mouse. If you like Disney World. 
which will never happen. You would never want to work there, so. I would get fired immediately. It's just insane to think that you're anything physical like that is so enforced and necessary. But I, I mean, I sort of understand why, you know, kids at a certain age are going to question or not question mm-hmm. based on details like that. A hundred percent. But another thing about um, maintaining like the look of the character is they have to, every cast member has to perfect that character's distinct signature. So, like, if they're signing oh, autographs, yeah. you have to sign Minnie's autograph. You can't just use your handwriting. It's like, that, that's how far that. they go. That's so fun. I definitely got a ton of autographs when I was little and went to Disney World. I think I have a book from multiple trips with autographs in them. They also have this pocket-sized book of all the rules that they carry with them everywhere. So they have to, like, they have to have all the rules on them at all time. Whose job is it to, like, go around and make sure they're doing their job? Well, they have secret undercover police, kind of, who are disguised as tourists. Oh my goodness. And you would never know who they are because they look like regular tourists. They have, like, Mickey Mouse t-shirts on and, like, fanny packs. And they, their job is to, like, enforce all the rules and ensure public safety. That's the funniest job, I feel like. I know. Um, the other rule is you are not allowed to take off your head if you're a character. <laughs> like, you know how characters you're not allowed have, to take like, off your head. Yeah. masks or whatever? You are never allowed to take it off. So there was this awful story that I read about oh, where no. there was this poor man who was, he was playing Dumbo. He was playing Dumbo and he, it was a really hot day and he felt really sick and he was on the float and he knew he was going to be sick. Oh, no. But he also knew that if he pulled off his head, he would be oh, completely no. be fired. He would lose the job immediately. So he threw up in his costume and then... <laughs> Dumbo's mouth, like, vomit started coming out (laughs) of the hole where Dumbo's mouth should be. And he made it through the entire parade like that. Oh, no. The entire parade. Whose job is it to, like, like, do you go to work and then get your costume and then, like, wear it for your shift and then leave it there and someone else takes care of it? someone else has to come and wear it. Um, There was a guy who was accepting a job as Goofy Mm -hmm. on a Disney cruise and he had to agree. So he like hangs out in the pool area. That's his job. And he had to sign something that said, in the event that he falls in the pool and starts drowning, he has to be carried away by lifeguards before they administer CPR. So oh my like, goodness. He has to be carried away in costume before they would start to resuscitate him. Is that legal? To have someone <laughs> sign something like that? But they're also, um, this is interesting, they're also not allowed to reference anything outside the world of Disney. So, like, if you're in the Magic Kingdom, you cannot talk about anything in, um, like, Harry Potter world because Mickey Mouse does not know Harry Potter because it's not the same world. Huh. So, like, you couldn't, if you were playing Princess Jasmine, you couldn't talk about Woody from Toy Story. Huh. That's crazy to me. That is crazy. Um, okay, this was a really interesting Wait, story. I'm going back to this <laughs> drowning goofy thing because <laughs> if you think about it, Disney, if... Some kid watched Goofy fall into the pool and start drowning and had to be carried off by lifeguards. It still wouldn't ruin the magic, though. But wouldn't you rather know that's not the real Goofy at that point? No, because they'd be like, Goofy's fine. You know, they'd bring back someone else in a Goofy costume and be like, hey, guys, I'm alive. Yeah. There was a story of a boy who fell into a lagoon and the actor playing Tarzan was on a parade float and he jumped off the parade float into the lagoon saved the kid and like this is a very traumatic situation like a little child fell into a pool of water Mm -hmm. and the 
guy was thinking the whole time, like, I have to stay in character. So he, like, saved the kid, gave it to his mom, and he said, keep boy safe. Tarzan very brave. And the mom was like, what the even in that moment, like, he saved this child's life, and that child literally believes that he was rescued by Tarzan. That's actually awesome for that kid, first of all. And second of all, I was really worried you are going to say he broke character somehow for totally legit reason and then got fired or something. Mm-hmm. But. Um, okay, just a few more that are actually really amazing. There's a person whose job it is to monitor the cameras on Splash Mountain, because I guess there's a portion where like when you go down the hill it takes your picture Mm -hmm. and so many women were flashing their boobs on this ride (laughs) that they couldn't put them up so there's an employee whose job it is to literally sift through all the pictures and make sure that they remove all the ones that show nudity oh my goodness um the problem with something like if you put a sign up that says like don't flash your boobs i feel like that just puts the idea in people's mind you know um, they have different code words to use for certain things. So you're not allowed to say things like vomit or blood or because you don't want to like people to panic. So when if you hear um, an employee saying something about a balloon, that means blood. Oh, no. <laughs> and they'll be like, we, oh, we have a code poo. Piglet is on the loose. That means that a baby or a small kid had an accident and they needed that to clean up. Um, also... So there's been, like, cases of cast members being, like, groped inappropriately or... Oh, I'm sure. And they're still not allowed to, like, break character. So, like, there's this one case of this woman who was playing Minnie, and this guy was, like, trying to feel her up, but since she's, like, such a nice character, she couldn't do anything more than, like, shake her finger at him and, like, try and yeah, push him away. Yeah, they can't even talk, right? Yeah, they can't even talk. I would be flipping out. And so that was her... That was her only recourse of action oh my goodness because they would fire her if she didn't that's isn't that horrible that's horrible see this is why i don't like disney no this isn't why (laughs) no this is not a good reason um but then i also learned that if someone says to you have a disney day that means you really piss them off like they have that is a code word that means like like, bless your heart kind of i mean but like they're yeah so if you ever hear someone say have a disney day they are telling you to f off I'm going to start using that one. For <laughs> um, the funny thing yeah. is, so I've volunteered at different places and maybe not code words, but there's certain like um, phrasing that we're supposed to use instead of other phrasing. Mm-hmm. So even if like a guest at, or a person there asks something like you, instead of saying like an animal died or animals die mm-hmm. at this stage or this could kill an animal or something, you say like at the end of their life or, oh. you know, certain like phrases that you're supposed to use mm-hmm. instead or um, that was another one that I was just thinking of. In Disney, if a child gets lost, they have to call them lost adults because they don't want people oh. to think that like, like, oh my God, a child's missing. They'll be like, oh, we have a lost adult. <laughs> code V means vomit. It's not even a very good code. It's really not. <laughs> Yeah, so they just go so far to create a perfect illusion of magic, and it just reminded me a lot of Caraval. No, it does. Like they they um, pump in different smells through the Magic Kingdom and through different parts of the park. Huh. So, like, the Magic Kingdom smells like fresh-baked cookies, and they literally hmm. pump that smell in through the vents. That's crazy. That's so... That's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, the reason you go to Disney World is to be, especially kids, mm-hmm. immersed in that world. Totally. So, it, I mean, like... It's a little bit insane, and maybe some of those lines are drawn quite far, but it mm-hmm. also, like, 
there is something really, truly magical and special about those trips, especially for young kids. I think, in part because they are so committed to making that illusion. Yes, and I think that's why um, I dislike Disney. I feel like like the Magic Kingdom, I feel like only kids should be allowed in the Magic Kingdom. Not like only kids, but like I feel like you should only be allowed in if you have a kid. Again, mm-hmm. wildly unpopular opinion, <laughs> but like I think it should be preserved for children. Mm-hmm. Or kind of to that point, maybe there's like certain hours where like these rules are upheld and mm-hmm. that's the kid time and yeah. the, or something. Like adult swim. <laughs> hated adults <laughs> anyway so that was my that's interesting thing. i, I um, have a friend who used to work at disney world and she um was in charge of like leading tours on one of the boat rides um wait on the jungle cruise maybe that's been my dream job for really? forever oh my goodness they have the best jokes well she didn't like it sometimes because sometimes she would so she always has to start off and say like does anyone here not speak english and one time she asked a question and everyone there didn't, did not speak English. And so she was just like, how am I going to leave this cruise? <laughs> so she said she just like sat there and she just like pointed out very obvious things. She'd be like, tree, waterfall, <laughs> river. <laughs> that would be hard. Yeah, yeah. that'd be hard. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. But I also don't think I could be a player in Caraval either because... Oh, I don't think I could at all. No. I don't think I could be that committed to... Especially, again, this game is all about, supposedly, unless everyone's a player, which this idea is messing with my mind right now. But, you know, people crossing lines and going too far. and mm-hmm. sac- It's like, why would you mess with people to get them to that point, even if you could? Right. But again, the funny thing is, so this book I'm reading right now is also about these spies and there's there are certain things I was like getting almost confused between the two storylines even though they're so different just because there is this idea of like taking out an identity selling a story trying to get information Mm -hmm. um you know whatever and it's just it's just kind of funny to think like world war one female spy and this magical fantasy world playing a game are like kind of related um well we have have a book left. Mm-hmm. We're on night three of Caraval, right? Yep. And we have the last clue we got was the goal of this game is not what you think. To find the truth, seek the woman of parchment and ink. She alone holds the next clue, which was left only for you. So I think she thinks she has to go back to Alantine's Most Wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Where that's the place where Tella found her friend in the first place, right? Where she started writing to him. Yeah. But again, these these clues are almost so ob- so <laughs> straight up like this is real this is not a game this right? is just about you and part of me is like either that's good because it isn't a game or whatever but the other part of me is just like that makes me feel like it's even more of a trick I don't know and so I but the thing I like about it is I feel like I'd get frustrated with the characters if I knew for sure if something was true or not yeah but because we also don't know it's like I sort of I'm like on the same journey and I am kind of like with Tello and I'm like Oh yeah, she does know this, or she doesn't like. And I like that she's questioning things mm-hmm. too, because she maybe didn't participate before, but she knows the game. But she also has real stakes involved because she yeah. also like it's her real mom and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Like she has to play almost no matter what. But again, think about how manipulative it it's is. So manipulative. Like it game one again. If we now we find out that the fiance was just an actor. Yep. It's like that's like really that's real bad. It's one thing if that's just through the game, and then at the end of the game they like were like, hey, by the way. The, I feel like at the end, everyone needs to come out and bow or something and be like, I was fake. Or, you know, yeah. like at, at a minimum at the More end, you that. need to clear. <laughs> I mean, 
you need to clear it up at the end because this way she still thought that she broke up with this bad guy and and like how do you trust anyone ever again after this is what i'm like even if she does meet her real fiance i'd be like prove to me read me the letters that you wrote from memory like well to your point that goes back to in some ways scarlett should have just been like i'm I'm done with this. I'm out of here. I want nothing to do with you people. Like, yep. thanks for my freedom, but like now I'm going to go live my life and talk to people who I can trust. <laughs> I agree. That's why I was like so surprised when she agreed to do Caraval again. Well, she's in love. Yeah. But now I'm not even sure about Julian. I know. Okay. I think Julian really likes her. Yes. Agreed. That's the only thing I am sure of. Do you think Dante really likes Tella? I don't know, because this is also interesting, because it's kind of like a repeat of the game. Yeah. But it's, like, totally embracing that. Like, it's it's not, like, pretending like these are two completely different... Like, I forget what she said, but she was, like, I couldn't tell Scarlett about this because I can't talk about a fake fiancé or... Or, I don't right. remember, but she, like, acknowledged it, which I appreciated. But, like, Tella has this fake fiancé. Granted, she knows it's fake, and he knows... But whatever. And then this player who... She, interested in her but my but this time she knows he's a player it's like almost the same but with some slight twist but it's Mm -hmm. just kind of it's very similar there are all these parallels too so part of me is like she can't also end up with Dante because that's already happened Scarlett and Julian are together but I just really want to know who legend is I know do you do you think who do you think it is do you think it's someone that we know Part of me, like, it has to be someone that we know already, right? What because if there isn't a legend? That's what I thought the first book a little bit, but then who's Julian's brother? What does that mean? Yeah, that's true. And why is Julian still playing this game when it's kind of clear he doesn't want to? And why is it legend versus the fates if legend doesn't exist? Maybe legend's a girl. That's That could happen. Maybe legend is the empress. Maybe. Oh, and she wants to get rid of the fates because she's the one who trapped them, right? Because she's the witch. We need to figure out who yeah, this witch is. I'm getting confused. But yeah, I'm definitely into it though. It's very entertaining. I'm really into it. I can't wait to see how this book ends. And we have a whole other book to look forward to. I know. And it's not even out yet. I, I Have you even seen like a picture of the cover or anything? Yeah. I haven't even looked that up yet. But... I'm looking for my joke because I had one and then I lost it. Oh no. I just want to say, so we're doing this in person. We're in Chicago right now. Yesterday I was in Arizona and it was 100 degrees. Right outside the window right now, there is snow rain. Snow rain? (laughs) Happening. It looks disgusting. It's it's not really sticking or anything, but it looks like serious giant snow. The snowflakes are like the size of quarters. And it's been falling for hours. I know. We were supposed to get four to eight inches today. That's what I was so worried about when you were flying in. (laughs) I was like, oh no, she won't make it. Um, Okay. I'm reading a book about lubricants. It's (laughs) non-friction. That's so bad. Um, I woke up this morning to find that someone had dumped a load of Lego bricks on my doorstep. I don't know what to make of it. (laughs) Stupid. That's stupid. I like it. In college, I was so broke I couldn't afford the electricity bill. Those are the darkest days of my life. (laughs) Okay, I've just written a book about falling down a staircase. It's a step-by-step guide. (laughs) That's a good one. All right, so we're going to finish the... Legendary. Legendary book. The second book in this trilogy. Hopefully we're going to save the mom, finish this game. Find out who Legend is. Not die. Tella, specifically. Well, all of us. Let's all not oh, die. Yeah. No one wants to die. Um, and there's one more thing, wasn't there? Find out about the fates. 
free the fates? Do we want to free the fates? Or do we want to destroy the fates? Okay, for (laughs) the purpose of the story, I guess it could go either way, but I think we want to defeat either legend or the fates and then have the other one like go out of control and that's what book three is about oh yeah you know like either legend defeats the fates and now he's like crazy powerful and we're like oh that was a bad idea Mm -hmm. we need to rein him back in in." or the fates are all free and causing mischief and we have to help i want to see more of the fates i do too because if we have the prince of hearts who's like a real person but also a fate i want to see maiden death i want to see lady prisoner i want to see all of them and i feel like there's 12 or 13 or there's a, oh, I, or 17 I or so, I forget there's I mean there's a lot that we haven't even met yet do you I think, think Julian is one of them or Dante I don't know <laughs> who's a fate and who's not this is where what I'm is like, real I'm like honestly I'm so I I don't even know <laughs> I like think myself into these circles where I'm like oh well this is the game which means that and then I'm like but because of that, that, like, I just, like, go in this whole chain, and then I'm like, and therefore, mm-hmm. it's not a game. And I'm like, wait, I just disproved my first yep. sentence, and I just... But I'm, I'm loving it. It's I'm done really in a really well-played way, because sometimes when, like, you don't have answers or things are circular like that, it's really frustrating because you don't mm-hmm. have the right information. But this, the whole premise is, like, I'm telling you it's a game, or I'm telling you it's real. Mm-hmm. So because it's being straight up, it's like... Well, maybe they're telling me the truth, but why don't I believe yep. them? But da, da, da. Oh. And the world is so fascinating too. How like they'll open a curtain and they'll be like a little secret passage that you follow, and there's a tunnel and it leads you to a green, the emerald green bar where people are drinking weird things. And then there's a curtain and Armando's behind it, and it's like I just love the like the physicality of like traveling through the city and like uncovering all these little fun Easter eggs. And it's yeah. well, it's and great. To, I'm thinking even more about this. Is everyone a player thing? Because if we go back to the first book, literally everyone was a player except for this family. Mm-hmm. That we know, I mean, there were a lot of people there, but. Just the two almost, girls. Yeah, it's almost like. Mm-hmm. And the father. And if they are all players, why go through this whole lot? Like, I just have so many questions. One question leads to five more questions. So basically, Do you think the let's read. going to come back? I don't know. I thought so at one point and then I didn't think so again I kind of feel like if the mom comes back there has to be something with the dad yeah but I think it'll be post the mom getting back all right well let's keep reading do you think the mom left or do you think the mom was I think the mom was kidnapped or stolen or something I don't think she would have left her daughters honestly unless she was protecting them somehow yeah uh, okay, okay, let's read. Instead of wondering, let's, let's just find out. <laughs> we'll finish it. Um, if you guys want to get in touch with us, you can email us at mnktalkya at gmail.com. Or you can follow us or message us on Instagram or Facebook at mnktalkya. Let's have another banana cookie. Yeah, or six. <laughs> Five bookworms. Go get a library card. M&K Talk YA is produced and edited by Marissa Snyder and Katie Bradford. Original music composition by Timothy Milkey. Logo design by Marissa Snyder. For updates and extras, visit mnktalkya.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. We would like to thank James Tobias, Chad Snyder, Meredith Kelfie, and Michael Howard for all of their support. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.